Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name is Tom Marvin, Senior Technical Editor here at BikeRadar.com and MBUK magazine. Joining me in the podcast studio today is Warren Rossiter. He is our senior road technical editor for all things drop bar, curly bars and skinny tyres at bikeradar.com and Cycling Plus magazine. How's it going, Warren? All good, mate. And you? I'm all very well, thank you. Yeah, I've just had a, a big coffee, so I'm, I'm both buzzing off the coffee and also feeling a little bit sluggish thanks to uh, all the oat milk that I've just consumed. Mm. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to recently, Warren? Yeah. Um, I've just come off the back of testing a whole slew of um, e-bikes both in the kind of high-performance roads end of things and some weird commuter-type ones as well, which mm-hmm. is all in the latest Cycling Plus. So that was a lot of fun. And then since then, I've had a few gravel bikes to try out. I've got some e-gravel bikes on the go, and I've just been spending most of the last week mixing my time between riding the new Colnago C68 all-road okay. and the MV Mog. So right. a high-end gravel bike and a high-end endurance bike that, sort of claims it might be a little bit gravel which kind of brings us around to what we're going to talk about really gravel adjacent to uh yeah sort of coin a matthew leverage yeah, of... maybe yeah maybe i think um i think uh to be honest the Conagra being a bit optimistic on that mm-hmm. especially as there's a c68 gravel on the way soon as well right okay. so they're trying to blur the lines but they probably don't need to they don't need to no it's right, just okay. a you know a lovely endurance bike yeah and as you say blurring lines is uh is definitely on the topic of today's podcast so today's podcast um This comes off uh, an opinion piece that you wrote for Bike Radar. Uh, It says, Warren Oster, we need to change the way we categorize gravel bikes. And here's our how I'd do it. So you've said that gravel race bikes and gravel bike packing bikes are two very different things. So why do we still call both of them gravel bikes? You've you've had a bit of a rant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it's even wider than that, though. You know, because I would say, you know, as gravel's just got more and more popular, it's brought more and more people to to the world of drop bar bikes. But... Now we're kind of experiencing some sort of growing pains, I reckon. Mm-hmm. And just as mountain bikes, you know, they've diversified into a huge amount of mm. subgenres um, as the sport has evolved into lots of different disciplines. I'd argue the case that gravel bikes need to go the same way and mm-hmm. sooner rather than later. You know, it's something I've touched on before. I think, you know, if you go over to Bike Radio's video channel, you can see my Surly versus Scott, mm. uh, you know, and basically my premise there was how are these both the same sort of bike? It's, yeah. But I think, you know, uh, you, you, you have to sort of go into like gravel, gravel tech history, really, as it were. You know, back in the sort of earliest days of gravel, you could argue for days on the on its original origins, where they first came from. Mm-hmm. But but what I would say, initially they were either dismissed as just cyclocross bikes with rack fittings, or just a mountain bike with drop bars. Um, and I'd say since you know the earliest those sort of gravel ready bikes, and and you know even before things were called gravel. Like specialized tricross, you know, yeah. that was a cyclocross bike for the road, um, you know, and a and a bit of trail. Or Salsa's original Fargo, you know, mm-hmm. two thousand and nine, it was basically like a twenty nine er, fully monster rigid cross or monster, them, monster right? cross or whatever, you know, yeah. with a drop bar. And there's been loads and loads of other ones like that, you know. But even when gravel started to get really established, um, and you know, it's mainly from influence of small builders and like custom thinkers. Um, the standout landmark bikes from big brands, you know, something like GT Grade um, mm-hmm. back in 2014, that made things 
even more confusing. You know, GT had made like a cutting edge for 2014 gravel bike, but they didn't want to call it that. You know, they saw it more of an all-roader, capable everywhere on any surface. Um, don't you know? The new grade has just been announced, and that is very, very pure gravel, mm -hmm. and even that sort of rowdy end of gravel. So that shows you how far things have come. You know, gravel's expanded its horizons, you know, figuratively and and literally. Um, it's, you know, original kind of endurance style bikes that can carry luggage and have cyclocross sized tires, but now you can find a gravel bike that do pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. What would you say are, you know, we talked about the GT grade there, what are, what are the sort of, and the, the special tricross, what are the other sort of standout gravel bikes from the past 10 years? I mean, I think you saw bikes that established these new sort of subgenres, you know, mm -hmm. so you had, you know, guys like Salster and Surly kind of going down the furrow in that path of, of the big mountain bike size tire equipped mm -hmm. uh, kind of adventure bikes event yeah adventure is another word for it well, you know that's this is the thing this is where it all starts to pile up and then you know then you saw bikes like you know Cervelo's original Espero mm -hmm. you know super lightweight no fixtures no fittings aggressive geometry but it was very much a gravel bike you mm -hmm. know yeah, I think the original ad line for that was for hauling ass not luggage you know right, so okay, yeah. uh, and so you know we've seen this kind of splintering mm -hmm from way way back and, and it and now it's you know now it's even it's so so diverse now you know and and there's good reasons for it you know there is a reason why gravel is so popular you know it's um and and it hasn't just become a bit of a fad yeah you know it, it, that was always a thing wasn't it oh yeah. it's just a fad or oh, it'll pass it's just a fad it's just a fashion it, it'll, it'll disappear yeah. you know but i think there's really good reasons why gravel is staying around mm -hmm. and i think it will continue to stay around you know and I think it's like it's got two major bits of accessibility that mm -hmm. go for it. You know, first is environmental. You know, if you're not used to riding on a road, it can be quite intimidating. Yeah. You know, fast traffic, loads of congestion. Not to mention the aggression of other road users. You know, mm -hmm. it, it you know it can be a, a horrible a horrible place if you're not used to that sort of thing. So the idea of riding on a towpath or a bridleway or byways or you know uh, uh, traffic free roads mm -hmm. is really really appealing. Yeah, and I think. The second thing is it's kind of the accessibility of it socially. You know, again, if you're starting out as a road rider and you join a club and you're riding with much more experienced people, there's a kind of, there's a whole etiquette that you're supposed to follow. And there's, mm -hmm. a, you know, all these things you're supposed to know when riding. The in, rules. The rules and riding in fast groups. And that's pretty inti intimidating, mm -hmm. you know, for, for people that aren't there. You know, and if you don't feel like you've got the competence level to do it or you're not wearing like accepted road attire, mm -hmm. you know, if you're if you're not, fully head to toe in lycra you know you'll be sort of looked down upon if you're not re using road pedals if you decided to go with you know mtb spds or god forbid flat mm -hmm. you'll you'll be ostracized you know yeah and gravel it just seems is like it's so much more acceptable mm -hmm. you know you can wear baggies in a t-shirt if you want to you can mm -hmm. wear you can use spds you can use flats and you whatever you want mm -hmm. you know and so i think that's why it's stuck around it's 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 um it's a much more accepting form of you know, so, of cycling, even you know, even to the point where, if you're a, like a non-competitive disposition or a racer, there's mm -hmm. something in gravel for you. Mm -hmm. I guess you know, in addition to that, you know, you, your gravel bike tends to be, you know, we sort of talked about you know, fitting in with the rules or maybe not finding riding on the road particularly uh, confidence-inspiring or it being a bit, as say, threatening. You know, your gravel bike's a bit easy to ride. For example, it's got fatter tires that are a bit more comfortable. And you might have also, I guess, in terms of sort of keeping the number of people 
getting interested in gravel, you've got the mountain bikers coming over who maybe sort of do want a bit of a change from mountain biking, maybe want something that's a little bit less technical, but they can go further, easier, but they don't really want to sort of um, fit in with the road crowd. Yeah. Gives them a bit of a space perhaps to yeah. s- still get, you know, the reason why I really long distances, faster speeds, kind of a bit more exciting as well. You know, changing surfaces, potholes, bumps, yeah. surfaces you can pull a skid on, a little bit of single track. So yeah. it, it seems to encompass little bits for everyone, not yeah. just, you know, your, your tribal roadie or your mountain bikers. You know, and, and it's easy to get, get sort of sidelined on any form of bike, be it a mountain bike, be it a road bike, you know, be it whatever but i think on a gravel bike thing as well for a kind of cost conscious rider it's the bike that makes quite a lot of sense because mm-hmm. it's so do it all yeah you know most of them have got fixtures and fitting so you can fit mud guards or you know fit mud guards fenders whatever you can fit racks so you can turn it into a commuter bike it's still fun to ride at the weekend mm. and there's not really you couldn't really do that with you know a suede suede pro tour road bike or mm-hmm. you know or an enduro bike you know you won't want to be commuting to work on it whereas you know if you've only got finance and space for one bike in, in your life then yeah. the gravel bike is the bike that seems to make them more sense yeah. so you know there's no doubt it's so popular but i also think that that is where the problems start to come in mm-hmm. if you're a new rider or you're new to gravel you know because yeah. because it's that question of asking what do you want well that is the next question you know how do you decide what kind of in inverted commas gravel bike do you want uh, yeah like, I mean, what's the starting point yeah I and mean, this is the thing it's like you have to sort of be absolutely sure in your own mind what you want to bike for. Mm-hmm. And that's going to tend to push you towards one particular flavor or, or, or another. See, the problem I see is if like, if you're, if you're fresh to gravel bikes right now and you walked into a store mm-hmm. and said you wanted a gravel bike, you could quite easily be offered, you know, such a weird range of machines. It'd be akin to going in and asking for a road bike and, you know, the, you know, the, the shop guy saying, "Oh, yeah, you can have this Trek Madone, or how about this Genesis Tour de Fer?" Yeah, you know, or if you were looking for a mountain bike, you go, "Oh, yeah, okay, how about this Candell Scalpel HT, or maybe a Giant Glory?" Yeah. You know, it, they're they're completely different things, you mm-hmm. know. And but but we're as you know gravel riders, that's what we're being asked to mm-hmm. asked to do. And me as a you know heavily involved in testing gravel bikes, that's what I'm being asked to assess. Is it, 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 you know? Yeah. Oh, Warren, can you can you do a gravel bike test? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's compare apples with oranges, shall we? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's so I do think it needs better classification. Okay. You know, on the road, we've got race, you've got aero roads, you've got endurance, you've got TT, and perhaps even a you know, lightweight climbing bike at a push. Mm-hmm. You know, mountain biking, you know, I don't know, has a myriad, you know, downhill enduro, free ride, cross country, down country, jump, trail, trials, slope style. And there's probably even more, you know, I've, I haven't been involved in mountain bike for so long and they're, they're just the ones I can remember. You know, there yeah. must be a whole other subset. Mm. So I don't want to go that far, but I do think mm-hmm. we need these subgenres. We need better clarification on bike. Okay. Shall we, we're going to talk about these different clarifications and then I think maybe at the end, maybe we should help answer that question we just asked, how do you know what you want? So maybe we can talk about yeah. what each of them should be good for and, you know, you know, get a case in point, you know, I, I want to go and buy a gravel bike. Okay, Tom, what, what kind of gravel bike do you want to go and do? Well, I want to go and we'll, we'll do that at the end. Yeah. But should we talk about what different genres uh, of gravel bike you need at the moment? I think we've got four written down. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, you know, I've, I am looking to sort of compound a few of the more diverse bikes into to make these kind of broader categories. Okay. I mean, we could subvert, subvert, subvert. You know, for example, say something like, you know, Evil's, Shami Hagar, mm. like it's a gravity focused gravel bike, you know. Um, Rondo's Milk, 
follows a sort of similar model. I mean, I've got one of those on the way, which I'm looking forward to trying out. But then on the other end of things, you've got like the BMC Kias or Factors Austro Gravel. Uh-huh. These are basically aero road race bikes with big yeah. tire clearances. Well, like that 3T did one, didn't they, as well? Yeah, and, you know, and so you've got these completely ultra-specialised bikes to do one thing. But then you've got bikes that are really quite good at doing a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd, you know I'd, I'd pull out something like Check checkpoint or specialized diverge. Um, they sort of cross categories, and then you've got other bikes that, depending on their build, you know, Cannondale, the bikes that aren't even really considered gravel. So on that, I'd say like Ridley's new Griffin, which you can have in endurance or gravel spec, or Cannondale Simlapse, which you, when you go the limited, is one bike and it's got a big tire on it and it's sort of gravel capable. Or then there's you know the current bike of the year, um, road bike of the year on bike radar, the Vitus Venon. You know, they do a gravel build on that. Okay. I've been testing that recently, and it's a really capable, really good gravel bike. Uh-huh. You know, but again, it comes with a bigger tyre and a one bike and, and compared to, you know, the, the road spec that we tested in. So mm-hmm. the, I'm not claiming there's perfect separation. And I would say, you know, a bike like, you know, the brilliant Venon is the exception that proves the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I'll jump into these categories, and I'll try and give you a few examples of what you know. What I yeah, think yeah, suits I think of, yeah, some bike examples is yeah. going to be really useful. So, first one I'd say is racing, racing gravel. You know, that's a bike optimized for speed over rough terrain. Mm-hmm. It can just be as easy be focused on either weight or aerodynamics. You know, um, it's got a road bike like ride position, and it's all about potential speed for you know the fittest, mm-hmm. fastest um, riders. Uh, I would say, you know, really good examples of that. As I've said, there's the BMC Caius, the Factor Ostro Gravel, that are kind of aero end of things. Scott Addict Gravel, 3T Explorer, Race Max. Again, they bring that aero thing to it. Then you've got kind of lightweight options like Cervelo Aspero, Check Trek Checkpoint SL. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Special Diverge STR, super light but kind of suede full suspension. Mm-hmm. Specialized Crooks, which essentially is a super light cross bike mm-hmm. that has more generous tire clearances and then you've got you know you've even got stuff that like Cannondale's Topstone you know with its kind of suedo suspension on the back but mm-hmm. again super light frame set and things so there's a whole diverse sort of thing within that but they're really purely focused on just going fast okay yeah midwestern midwestern US yeah Classic. I, I guess in terms of sort of then the shape or you know how it, how would you identify that in the shop? I guess your geometry is probably pretty similar to what like an endurance road bike, maybe a bit slacker. No, I mean uh, on some of them it is basically endurance geometry. You know, uh-huh. you know something like the BMC Kias or the Factor Ostro or gravel. Um, they're even closer to like a road race bike even than a really? gravel bike. Yeah. yeah, slightly you know slightly elongated trail, but uh-huh. but the head angle and the seat angle are pretty much race mm-hmm. ready. You know, um, road race ready, as it were. Yeah. Um, you know, then you, and you can sort of you see them. They're they, you know, when you look at something like Special Crooks or, you know, these are slim. They're the most. They look the most like a, a standard road bike. Yeah. yeah. Narrow bars. Yeah. Two by drivetrains. Skinnier tires, maybe not your big fat super yeah, yeah. chunky ones. You're probably looking around sort of you know 35 C tires are standard on uh-huh. those rather than going anything bigger. And one with a low tread that's not going to yeah. be buzzing along the road sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, you know, then second I'd say there's like adventure gravel. Okay. You know, this is um, probably what most people consider when they think about a gravel bike. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably, I more think of them as a, a modern take on a classic touring bike, but right. it's kind of a rough stuff tour. It's a tour. So these are the bikes that 
are designed to go long mm-hmm. and deep into the sort of great out- outdoors. You know, they've got a myriad of fixtures and fittings, big giant, you know, big tire clearances, relaxed geometry. So it's all about kind of long range comfort over speed. Okay. You know, and examples of that, I would say Surly Grappler. Steel? Steel plays a big part, but not exclusively. Okay. So, you know, Surly Grappler, uh, Grappler Salsa Fargo, Ridley Canzo Adventure, mm-hmm. um, Special Diverge tre- Checkpoint, you know. So they're bikes that, you know, with the Diverge in the Checkpoint, if you move to the Checkpoint SL, that's very much a race bike. Right. But the standard Checkpoint is that. And uh, the Diverge SCR, I'd say it's a race bike, mm-hmm. but the standard Diverge fits into this kind of adventure thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, and they're probably the bikes that, when we talk about, you know, using your gravel bike to do much more, that's kind of the bike you probably use as a winter bike or a commuter bike as well. Because right, okay. easy to get mud guards on it, easy to stick racks on it. Yeah. And so might do a bit of bike packing on there. So you stick your bike. Obviously, on yeah, it's it's all about, you know, it's all about versatility. Yeah, versatility and yeah, luggage car you know, sort of luggage carrying. So is it fair to say that these are probably the most versatile of your Yes. Sort of Yeah. 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 The, tra- the the trail bike. The Yeah. The trail bike version of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then, you know, third, I would say, category I'd look at is probably extreme gravel, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where you can mix technology like suspension um, with sort of progressive geometry, you know, that kind of leans more towards a mountain bike than, than endurance road. Um, some, though, can be fast all rounders just built into bikes that can take on, you know, the sort of limits of, of gravel riding mm-hmm. and going to your kind of classic mountain bike single track, you know, with ease. Um, and I'd say, you know, great examples of that is uh, Giant Revolt X, mm-hmm. um, Cannondale Topstone Lefty, the uh, Nukeproof Digger RS, Rondo Milk, YT Setzer, as I said, the, you know, Evil Chamois Hagar, Merida Silex, and um, I'd say the new. GT Grade would fit in here. Okay. Just announced GT Grade, and probably the new Santa Cruz Stigmata as well. Right. You know, and you could argue for a, you know, even for a sort of a more extreme version of this kind of extreme gravel thing. You know, that kind of gravity focused gravel. Uh-huh. I don't know what you call it. You know, I mean, mm. I've heard like down country gravel mentioned. Right. Uh, you know, it's almost like I don't know, gravel tea. Gravel tea is a word. Gravel tea. Yeah, gravel tea yeah, could yeah. be a word, couldn't it? And bikes like that, I would say evil. Yeah. Rondo, few of their bikes, and and the Nukeproof. You know yeah. that that Digger RS obviously had the you know um, had the influence of Sam Hill on it, and mm-hmm. and it and it is a, a really fun bike to ride downhill. Yeah, not not fabulous bike to ride uphill, mm-hmm. but point it downhill and you you will have fun. Suspension, dropper posts, wide bars, yeah, grippy tires, yeah, okay, yeah, slack geometry, but you know. Um, Long front center, that sort of thing. When we say slack geometry, just for context, what we look, what we're talking about. Uh, I think on their new proof, it's like a sixty-eight. Sixty-eight, okay. Which doesn't seem slack by modern mountain bike standards, but when you think a you know a racy gravel bike, it's probably got a seventy-two mm-hmm. or four or five degrees yeah. slacker. Yeah, which feels pretty wild. Pretty wild when you're yeah when you're down in the drops, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the final one is the all road gravel. Okay, which is. Um, where the water, you know, the muddies, the muddies the waters quite mm. significantly between the gravel bike and the classic endurance bike, to such an extent that they can actually exist in both camps mm-hmm. simultaneously. You know, examples of that would be the Vitus Venom GR, uh, Ridley Griffin, Candel Cineaps Limited, Rondo Rat CF, okay. um, Rondo HVRT, yeah, Scott Addict Gravel, 3T Explorer. You know, they're all sort of if you run them in a kind of road trim. 
have really good road endurance bikes, mm-hmm. but they can handle that kind of moderate gravel. Yeah. Incredibly well. How many of these bikes come with like geometry flip chips? I think the HVRT that's got like a, a fork where you can change the. Yeah, yeah, Rondo, all Rondos tend to have that flip chip in the front. Uh-huh. Um, We've seen that in other bikes of this ilk because that seems like maybe all the most applicable place for those things. So you can really just yeah, have yeah. two pairs of yeah. wheels. Uh, Giant Revolt is exactly the same, you know, mm-hmm. where, uh, whereas that's, um, that's actually got one at the back as well. Right, okay. You know, so you can extend the wheelbase or shorten the wheelbase. So, uh-huh. so it is something that's just certainly come in, but. You know, For the uninitiated of a story there, with the adjustable chain stays on the on the giant revolt, would you go longer on gravel, shorter on road, or vice? Effectively, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But it's that whole kind of adaptability thing and everything. I mean, I mean, it's more where you know with bikes like Three T, which can you know handle such a wide range of tire sizes. Mm-hmm. You know, you're putting a road style tire on it. It actually it's shortening the trail anyway, because mm. um, you're effectively you know thinning the diameter of the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, Cervelo Aspera has a flip chip in the fork. The outgoing GT does. You know, it, so it's a, it's a big thing in gravel about really pushing that versatility, mm-hmm. which is sort of one of the areas that gets that makes gravel bike choice so confusing. Yeah. Because you're basically being sold something that is claimed to be all things to, to you know, all people, uh-huh. as it were. And it's a great selling point. I've not convinced it's a great choosing point right if you kind of catch my drift yeah yeah i mean it's like and all of these and and this is why i think it becomes so important when you're choosing you're making that gravel bike choice it's like you really want have to sort of become really focused on what exactly you want you know what sort of gravel riding you're going to do Mm -hmm. you know if it's like right my gravel riding i want to go out for the day i want to hit a couple of byways, a bridleway, have a little bit of a play around the woods and then ride home. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily, you won't get the best out of your day if you chose a race bike because that would be brilliant on the byways and the and mm-hmm. the open stuff. Once you get to the tight single track, it'll be just a handful and you you just won't enjoy it. Yeah. And if you went, you know, if you opted for an adventure bike that's got every single fixture and fit in all over it, then you could carry your life on it. Mm-hmm. How many of those fictions are you actually ever going to use? Yeah. You know, if you're out riding for a day, you probably need two bottle cages. Yeah. And nothing else. So having all that other, just carrying all that extra weight mm-hmm. around, you know, and it's something I think we we all do, you know. it's the most, too much. Well, no, you mean pack too much. You know, you, you just, you choose something because you really think that oh, okay, sorry, yeah. it's it's really capable of that. It's, you know, it's the ultimate thing is like when you see you see people buying cars, you know. Oh, I've, I bought a new Land Rover Defender because you could drive up to Everest Base Camp on it. Well, where are you going to drive it? Around Surrey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that kind of... You see it with... I think you see it across cycling, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You see it, you know, like super deep wheels on someone who's on a, a Sunday club run. You know, yeah. probably not that necessarily. Or mountain biking, you know, see someone, rad, you know, ragging around Forest of Dean Blue on a 170mm trail bike. And you're like, well, you might use it like that one week in the year and when you get to the Alps. But the rest of the time, you're dragging around a lot of suspension. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we all do it. Yeah, we all do it. So I think it's, you know, so I do think you need to become really focused on exactly what you need. You know, for most people, that kind of all-road gravel bike, if you're only, you know, if you're spending 60% of your time riding on a road to get to the gravel bit, Mm -hmm. and then you're that, an all-road gravel bike is probably your best option. Uh You know, especially if you did something like, you know, you you know, and I don't know why brands don't do this when they sell something so versatile. You know, Vitas haven't yet done it with the Venon. Ridley haven't yet done it with the Griffin. Why aren't you selling that bike with two sets of wheels? Yes. 
you know, sell me two sets of wheels with that bike. Mm -hmm. You know, one one with a gravel tire on it, one with a road tire on it. And then I've, I've got everything. Because that's only going to show off the versatility of the yeah, bike. Yeah. It's a great yeah. selling point. Yeah. And so I think for, for, for most people, that's that's what they, uh -huh. that's all the gravel bike they'll need. And it's that bike that's so versatile and can do everything for it. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, you know, if you're one of those people that are lucky enough to have a multitude of bikes, and I'm probably the worst, <laughs> the worst we, example. We've talked about your garage yeah. in the past, Warren. I'm probably the worst example of this, you know. <laughs> Because uh, I kind of see my gravel riding as almost an alternative to what I do on the road. Yeah, I do like going for a big, you know, long gravel ride. But what I most like doing on when I'm riding gravel is more testing myself, not in an endurance capacity, but in mm -hmm. a kind of skill capacity. Yeah, that it, there's something to be said for for riding, you know, natural, technical, single track, etc. Riding in the woods on and being slightly underbiked. Mm because it really focuses your mind mm -hmm. <laughs> and focuses your concentration levels. Um, and so I kind of would tend to more the kind of the more ex extreme is that's kind of, oh, that's what, kind of what I'd like. Mm -hmm. um, uh, because I I basically don't mountain bike anymore. So yeah. so that's where I sort of get that, you know, that bit of fix. Mm -hmm. But I do think we really, really need, we need these categories to be more defined, especially for people new to it. Yeah. Because there's nothing more galling than buying the wrong bike yeah and suddenly realizing that quite quickly oh this is it's not quite what i wanted or yeah. maybe turning you off gravel riding yeah, because yeah. you got the wrong bike yeah so i think you need to be you know brutally honest with yourself what exactly am i going to do okay. you know you could have aspirations that oh, i'm going to go and do the transcontinental mm -hmm. but you know if you can only afford to have two weeks off in the year and the rest of your family want to go to you know marbella or whatever yeah. you're probably not going to do the transcontinental yeah you know so you know, buy the bike that's going to give you the most enjoyment, but mm -hmm. understand what you're looking at as well. Okay. So I said we were going to sort of run through like a little, uh, almost a role play of what to do if you go to a bike shop. And But I think let's just focus in on those sort of couple of questions that you need to a, ask yourself or B, as, if you're going to be selling these gravel bikes, what are the questions you need to ask? So first one is, what kind of trail or gravel are you wanting to ride? What do you want to achieve from your gravel riding, yeah. right? Yeah. And a lot of that can depend on geography. Mm -hmm. You know where you, where you live is is almost going to dictate without traveling what you're going to be riding most sure. of your your days on. You know, so if you're you know if you're if you're in the UK and you know you're you're up in you know you're up in Yorkshire, most of your gravel riding is going to be sort of natural sheep trails and mm -hmm. and forest and and that you know and the same with if you're in you know large swathes of Wales. If you're in Scotland, it's a little bit. You know, it's a little bit more different because they have so much diversity there, and they have the right to roam. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can find what you, you want. You know, uh, you know, down here in the in the southwest, again, it said there's a lot of single tracks, a lot of woodland stuff. Mm -hmm. We do have the plain, which gives you that kind of more international kind of gravel feel, yeah. but not exclusively. And so, but then globally, you know, if you're in if you're in the states, and then you know, gravel roads there. I mean, I've done quite a lot of gravel riding over in the States recently. And to be honest, a lot of their gravel roads are better than our road roads. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're smoother, they're wider, they're yeah. safer. But you still need that big tyre to take, you know. The little buzz out. The little buzz out and, and for that little bit of cornering grip, etc. So, yeah, it's kind of understand where you're going to be riding, understand what you want from the bike. Mm -hmm. And I, was, I think this is sometimes where we, we get a little bit, 
a lot of people get a little bit kind of confused. It's like, I think if you're a mountain biker and you're coming to gravel, I would probably push you towards the more road-oriented gravel bikes. Okay. Because you're used to suspension. You're used to that technology. You're yeah. used to everything like that. And the kind of more roady focused gravel bike will give you a different experience. A very different experience. A very, very different yeah. experience, yeah. And you'll appreciate the speed on the bits of road between the gravel. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think if you're a pure roadie and you're coming to gravel, why not go a little bit wilder? Why not get mm -hmm. something a bit slacker geometry with a bigger tire, maybe even with a bit of suspension? Mm -hmm. Because then you'll go, oh, God, this is fun. Yeah. You know, and and I think it's they're both cross-beneficial, you know. A, a mountain biker coming to gravel will get better endurance fitness because mm -hmm. you'll ride for longer and you can do all that road stuff without getting bored. Mm -hmm. uh, and a roadie coming to gravel, your handling, your skill set will improve. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, that kind of fast turn of energy rather than prolonged mm -hmm. energy thing will come into play. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's... um. But, you know, but that's the thing it is with gravel. You know, a lot of gravel events are super long, super endurance events. And that's that's a whole different thing to, to most people, you know, road or mountain bike orientated. Mountain bikes would tend to cope better generally because they've got more upper body resilience. Mm -hmm. Whereas somebody coming from the road, your legs may be as fresh, fresh as a daisy after 150K. Yeah. But your shoulders and your arms will all, all be ruined. Yeah. So bringing in some comfort element of suspension bigger tire etc mm -hmm. is going to benefit you yeah. so it, you know it's a i guess that highlights the difficulty then of what we're trying to do here yeah because yeah. there are so many permutations of what is actually what you need to look for and why you might want to look for it yeah definitely definitely but i think it you know the, the the gravel bike is that one end of the scale it can be the most specialist and focused bike you own mm -hmm. but the other end of the scale it can be the most versatile bike you might ever own mm -hmm. and and i think just having a few categories in there, subcategories that kind of identify the strengths and weaknesses of each type of design. Yeah. It's just going to make everything you know, so much easier for people. Not to mention make it so much easier for me on the, on the testing sort of thing. I was going to say, have you just made yourself, uh, your life a little bit more difficult? Because instead of bike of the year this year, where you might have endurance bike of the year, uh, aero bike of the year, road bike of the year, gravel bike of the year, you're now going to have gravel race bike of the year, gravel... <laughs> I, well, You've yeah, added a lot more yeah, I have, I have, I have, but I think it's necessary because uh, you know, as going back to my my original point, mm. you know, you wouldn't be, you, we wouldn't be doing a comparative test between a a, a Genesis Tour de Fer and a Trek Madone mm -hmm. because they don't exist in the same space. Just as you on a mountain bike side, you know, if you said, "Oh, I want you to do a head to head," can you do a scalpel? This is the glory. Yeah. Or you know, the you know, or or something like you know, I don't know what's won the World XC Champs up in Scotland. I don't know what bike it was, but oh. it'd be like Atherton's AM200 versus that XC bike winner. There Do a head-to-head -head of those two, and you would go, why? Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and I think that's the problem that, that, that we have in gravel right now. Okay. I think I think you've convinced me was. <laughs> so there we go. Okay, Warren. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thanks ever so much for um, espousing your opinion on the world of gravel. I think it's – I actually totally agree with you. Like, it, it – it, it, it gets me a little bit in mountain biking, just how many different categories of bike. And I actually, I, I actually get quite into, you know, when people are like, oh, down country, or oh, it's so stupid. And I'm like, well, actually, no, but it really does help define what a bike is good at yeah. and what it's not going to be good at and who should buy it. Yeah. So actually, I, I am very much on the I, same page. I, and to be honest, I, you know, I'm really invested in gravel as a, mm. as a bike design and also as a, an element of the sport. It, it's probably been the most fun and exciting mm. part of, of since I've been a road bike journalist which yeah. is a long long time but I think if we don't start to diversify what gravel is and actually 
you know, make sure we keep define them. There is a there is an element of that gravel racing is becoming really big. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got the world. Some people have said, some people have said, not me. You know, it's where talented old pros go to die. <laughs> roadies, um, and I worry that because that gets a huge amount of press mm-hmm. coverage because it's kind of easy to do. Yeah, because you can talk about x star wow he was brilliant mm. look at him now racing dirt it, it's it makes it home headline mm. what worries me about that is once it gets so much press that bike designers and product managers will become so focused in on that's what gets clicks that gravel bikes will narrow and narrow and narrow and the yeah. design focus will just get squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and what we'll end up with is a load of cyclocross bikes with 45 see mm-hmm. tire clearance which is where they started you <laughs> know we've we've done all this we've done all this diversification and development and and creating fun bikes for you know for people to have fun on and then we've run this risk of it narrowing back down into bikes that are specialist bikes for a, a select few yeah and that would be a real shame fingers crossed we don't go there yeah <laughs> <laughs> well if you want to read uh, warren's full article of course it is on bikeradar.com uh, and there's plenty of more information on there about gravel bikes there's loads of reviews tons of opinion pieces uh all over the place because obviously gravel is quite a big thing these days. Um, so do head over to, to bikegrader.com for that. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the Bike Grader podcast as well. If you've got any uh, comments, if you think Warren is correct or if you think he's wrong or if you think, can think of any other categories of gravel bikes, why not email us? It's podcast at bikegrader.com. Uh, and that goes for the rest of it. If you've got any comments, suggestions or reviews of the podcast, please let us know. Uh, just drop us an email and uh, we'll, uh, we'll give them a good read. All right, thanks ever so much for listening to the podcast, and we'll be back very soon for another episode. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends, or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 